welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 78. I am your host tonight after a, uh, a few weeks away and uh, my name is Shorty and uh, tonight we've got just a couple of short topics meant to be our evergreen series but tonight we're going to uh, just do a little bit of a, a, a chat about the changes to organised play and the MPL and pro scene and we thought who better to get on the podcast this week than our resident pro player with their one pro point, Chewy. How's it going, mate? I'm good, mate. Good to have you back. Uh, how are you feeling? <laughs> feeling pretty good. The voice is, is uh, yeah, mostly back. I think uh, maybe I sound a little bit more like Cracker this week, but can yeah, we, uh, can we pass, you, pass that off? Do you have a big red beard? No. No, okay, okay. No. Am I capable of growing a big beard? No. No, me either. Me either. Maybe you and I combined, we might be able to get it. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, it's probably uh, still, still be patchy. Yeah. So it's been it's been nearly 13 years since I got a pro point, so I don't know how qualified I am to talk about uh, about this, but uh, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yep, yep. No, that's good. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we probably won't be a super long one, as, as I said, normally the evergreen week, but... Yeah, this is a, a timely topic and, and something we can have a bit of a chat about and give give you our opinion on uh, on you know because the the pro player the MPL affects us drastically in our day to day lives. But I don't know how I'm going to be able to sleep at night. Oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I've just got the sack and I'm, I'm out of a job. That's it. Yep. Did you get job keeper but- for making <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, all right. Well, before we get into it, we'll uh, we need to give our sponsors a shout out. So, who is that, Drew? That is the fine folk over at Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Uh, they sponsor the Magic Beans podcast as well as our leagues and all of our other events. They are a Facebook auction page where you can bid on physical magic cards. They have auctions every night and premium auctions on the weekend their full-time auctioneer means that they are elite when it comes to communication packaging and getting things out to you so jump over to facebook search up josh and pat's mtg bazaar there's always a link in the show notes and when you do win an auction please tell them that the beans sent you very good so before we get into that main topic there's one little thing we want to touch on uh, an announcement that came out today actually uh, it was kind of spoiled on uh, on Twitter. It's funny how people on Twitter, they're just like absolute super detectives and stuff. They're like jumping on Wizards website and typing in, you know, addresses for potential pages that can link to and all that sort of stuff. So yesterday, someone figured out that today there was going to be a ban restricted announcement by finding the web link and... Uh, finding that you have there's no access to it it's not a page doesn't exist it's just there's no access to that page which uh, gives everybody the indication that a ban is is incoming so what did we see banned today chewy uh we saw uh, an announcement for historic and there's been a a, a two card combo uh kind of dominating it was uh, very very well represented at the league weekend and they've made the decision to ban Thassa's Oracle and uh, Thassa's Oracle is a card we're probably quite familiar with if we've played uh, any sort of played m- Pioneer pi- Pioneer specifically yeah with uh, the old Inverter of Truth uh, and you know I guess, you know, I would read it out really quickly, but it is a wall of text. But <laughs> yeah, it uh, effectively, it's a blue-blue and uh, blue-blue for a 1-3 uh, merfolk, but it's got an ability. If you don't have any cards in the library, you just win the game. So yep. 
there's so uh, getting there's a few, getting few paired with a, a recent card from uh, uh, the Mystical Archives in Tainted Pack, which is a, a very very weird card. Uh, there's one and a black for an instant that basically exiles your whole library and lets you put you know one of those cards in into your hand uh, as long as you're not you're revealing cards with different names. So. Did you see this deck at all getting played, you? Uh, I heard about the the super engaging, exciting gameplay <laughs> with this deck, where yeah. you basically just let things time out. Uh, and yeah. So I, I I think it part you know a big part of the banning is you know historic is an arena only format, and it just broke arena effectively. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So like the way the deck worked was. You would uh, ideally on your the end of your opponent's turn two, you would cast uh, Tainted Pack because it was an instant and uh, exile your entire library except for one card, which you would then draw in your turn and then cast your Thassa's Oracle and win the game. The problem with that was is that you didn't get additional time on the clock when you were resolving your Tainted Pact, so because you you hadn't built up time uh, the the timeouts i think they're called on yep. on arena from you know passing your turn quickly because it was literally the second turn and it was just time consuming like you had like 50 cards that you had to get through and uh, and you know decline 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 to uh, to just keep exiling them so people would just run out of time and and what happened when you ran out of time was it just declined the whole thing and so it just exiled your entire deck and then you went to your turn and tried to draw a card and you just lost the game <laughs> Yeah. So uh, that that was the annoying way to do it. Uh, so then what people were doing is they were then uh, casting the Tharsis Oracle and then responding to that, uh, to the trigger with uh, the Tainted Pact. And then you could literally just sit there and do nothing, you know, go and have a drink or, or whatever. And it would just, Arena would just time you out and then it did the same thing when it timed you out it resolved all the tainted pact and declined everything so it exiled your entire deck and then it resolved the Tharsis oracle trigger and so you just won the game which sounds what really a exciting miserable way <laughs> doesn't to sound play exciting the game. for anyone yeah <laughs> like the person it's... sitting on the opposite side is doing nothing and you just don't have to do anything you just sit there or you walk away from your desk and you come back and it says victory on your screen it's uh, that yeah. uh Remember when? Remember when we had paper magic, and we'll talk about that mm. a little bit later. Uh, where you know someone was going to, you know, combo off with with storm or or whatever <laughs> combo deck, or and, case you are. and that the, you know they'd give the opponent like you know something to color in or something, and or someone just write f six <laughs> on a piece of paper. Yeah, do, but, do the Kibler and f six and just uh, go to yeah, the toilet. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and that's a um, yeah. Uh, not not a great look for the game, and and really unfortunate. And you know, I've seen I've seen this combo in um, other formats. It's pretty popular in Seven Point Highlander, which is an awesome format. If you haven't played that, um, should look that up. Uh, and you know, and that's you're playing a sixty card singleton deck, so you know it works really well in that format. But yeah, it's one of those things where uh, it's just just a broken interaction and. Uh, it's always always going to be problematic. I have a bit of an issue, I guess. I, I think they made the right choice, but I think there's certainly an argument to have banned Tainted Pack over Thassa's Oracle. Yeah. Uh, um, like, the Thassa's Oracle wasn't a problem in Historic. 
uh, but it still could have been used with, you know, Jace, Wielder of Mysteries. Yeah, and, yeah you can, you can like still that. play the deck with Jace. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, it wasn't a, you know, a big player in, in the historic meta or anything, but it, it was an option and they've just like completely culled that option. And, uh, you know, and they've called out like, you know, the in the actual announcement that Thassa's Oracle could have this interaction with a future card printed and we don't know what's coming in future sets. They, they've they got yeah, obviously they more more information than we do. But uh, removing a card like this removes a potential archetype from the format and maybe they just that's what they want. Uh, but this is an archetype that does appeal to you know, a bunch of people, uh, whereas, yeah, just Tainted Pack, this is the only real use for it. Uh, so, you know, they've solved the problem... And they've solved the future problem, but the casualty of that future problem is, uh, you know, any other sort of more fair, not two card combo decks or a two card combo at instant speed like this with uh, with tainted pack versus a, a uh, Jace activation or, or whatever. So it's a uh, it's a it's a tricky one, and it's unfortunate. I guess they probably made the right choice. It's just unfortunate that a cool card like Thassa's Oracle. Uh, has to sit on the sidelines because of uh, a card in the uh, Mystical Archive. <laughs> in the most recent set. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> we've, seen, we've seen it before. <laughs> ban, ban the older card, keep the keep the newer card. Well, we don't want people... Oh, there's already cards banned from the Mystical Archive. It hasn't stopped people burning wild cards or um, investing in, in the set at all. So, yeah, I don't know if it's too much of an issue, but... You know, tainted pack's still there. You could still abuse it potentially. I, I don't know. So yep. I'm sure someone will find a way to, to do something funky with it or, yeah, they'll just play Jace instead. Yeah, and, I mean, doing it on turn four versus turn two gives your opponent a bit more of a chance to get set up or interact with you. But, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, unfortunate. Two-card combos. Yep. They uh, don't usually stick around in Magic for very <laughs> no, long, that's do right. they? Yeah. <laughs> All and right, cool. Enough. So, yep, on to the main topic. So, uh, yeah, this week or about a week ago now, I think, yeah, 14th of May, uh, Wizards put out an announcement. And uh, apparently uh, the people that this affected the most, which is the people in the MPL and the Rivals League, were told about this the day before, before the announcement actually went live. Uh, but, yeah, basically their Wizards is cancelling the Magic Pro League, the MPL, and the Rivals League. At the end of uh, the next season, so currently their seasons run like June to June, like the uh, the US uh, school years run. So we're sort of almost to the end of, of the current season. And uh, yeah, they'll be cancelling them at the end of the next season, so around uh, June next year. So obviously that has some pretty big impacts and some big implications. Uh, there's a big article uh, on it that uh, that you can find on the magic.gg site and uh, i think the big thing that the pro players or the uh the competitive scene players have the uh, the biggest problem with is there is no plans there is no replacement for pro play uh basically in 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 any way shape or form uh, nothing announced at all and unlikely to be seeing anything in the near future so Effectively, the people in the MPL and Rivals just got the sack. Uh, their their contracts will be ending, and uh, yeah, it's interesting. So, yeah, I guess we th- we thought working. we'd have a 
So, no, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we we can sort of get into that. We thought that we would have a chat. Obviously, you know, we are not pro players. <laughs> we, we joked about it that Chewie has one pro point. That does not make him a pro player. Uh, a pro player is a professional who does magic full-time for, for their job. So this doesn't affect us, and I don't think any of uh, us on the podcast uh would be really aspiring to become a professional magic player. I don't think. I think no, we all but have, th- there we all is have some, careers. <laughs> yeah, we've we've all got jobs and you know have you know bills to pay and mortgages and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I think there's some ripple effects here that do impact people that you know have sort of magic aspirations or yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. But it doesn't. Yeah. It it's not like we lost our jobs here. No, no, exactly. Yeah. So I thought we'd we'd go back sort of to the start of this whole thing with the MPL and rivals and, and I guess go through like what the MPL actually is. So do, do you know what the MPL is, Chewy? <laughs> well, sort of. And and I think this is part of the problem, <laughs> this right? Is half the problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the MPL, they they tried to make Magic more of an eSport. Uh, we had, you know, Arena got released. It, it blew up. It was this big, flashy, exciting thing. Uh, All you know, those we, animations that you love so much. Oh, they're so good. Um, <laughs> uh, do you know what? I, I'm so glad I don't see Uru coming down uh, from the top <laughs> of my screen anymore. But it, it's uh, some every now and then, though, you play a Sark or something and you see a phoenix flying across and you're like, oh, I forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, this was Wizard's first attempt at, yeah, making magic an esport, and I think what they did is they looked around a whole bunch of other esports, and they uh, saw something that they liked, and and they took it, and they went, okay, well, we'll get thirty two players uh, that are you know currently the best in the world, or twenty eight players, and then four personalities that we like, or however whatever the wash up was, right? And then they they put these players on a a contract, and you know they had to stream a certain amount, and they had to play in certain events, and and they got. They got paid for that, and that sounded really good. It's just like, oh, there's there's people now that can earn like a decent wage uh, for for playing Magic, and you know, it's they don't have to you know work a part time job and and things. They can really focus on Magic, and we're going to see the best people in the world get even better, and it's going to be awesome. And then no one was really interested in it, and you know, they tried to do all sorts of things with Mythic Championships, and in the last. Well, since the inception of the MPL, there's been so much change in the organised play that, I mean, I certainly have had trouble keeping up and I'm sure I'm not alone <laughs> yeah. in that. Like, w- nobody even knows I've what's happening. I've got no idea. Yeah. No. <laughs> so then they were like, oh, we've got this, like, really elite group and the only way anybody gets out of the MPL was to either get sacked for inappropriate behaviour or, <laughs> like, be disgruntled Marking and leave. <laughs> or, or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. It, other reasons, yeah. Um so then they were like, oh, hang on. One of the biggest things about our previous system that had been around for over 20 years is that it gave people something to aspire to. And, and you know, people like me, it's like I played on the Pro Tour one time and it's like, you know, one of my magic highlights and, and it's awesome. And I met John Finkel. Never shuts was, up about it. And it was sick. I, I totally <laughs> never talk about it. Oh, my goodness. Um, but it that's that was gone. So they went, oh, well, okay, well, we've got this thing that's not working in the MPL that nobody watches and nobody cares about. No one can even name half the players that are in the MPL because we don't do any sort of advertising at all. And let's double down and introduce rivals. And 
So we have now two things that don't really work and add an extra layer of confusion and no one knows what's going on. So, yeah, it's uh, the whole thing has basically been a bust and they want to, you know, I guess scrap it and probably start again with something. But the issue with this announcement is it just all it is is an announcement of something being taken away and not an announcement of something coming. Yeah, so it's like... It's like when somebody comes out, one of your kids or someone at work comes to you with a problem. It's like, no, no it's, it's okay to have a problem. I, I want you to come to me with a solution to the problem. Don't just come to me with the problem. And I feel like that's what they've done here. They've gone, this isn't working. We're taking it away. And it's like, well, then what are you going to do? And everybody's asking that and they've got no information. And that just breeds like hyperbole and... Uh, speculation and you've got you know the twitter sphere that is just snowballing and you know all of a sudden there's never going to be a competitive magic tournament ever again in you know if you listen to some commentators right but yeah, there'll yeah. be something but you know they should have they yeah, should have there, there accompanied be this it. with here's what's coming even if it's a high yeah. level thing uh, yeah it's hard yeah so i think the mpl kind of came about as as you said like they they wanted to jump on the esports train, and, and I think it came about much earlier than Wizards were planning on. Like, we saw Arena get released, and it blew up massively when it was still in beta. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, they and, and I'm assuming, you know, obviously we don't have this information, but I would assume that one of the powers that be in Hasbro went, whoa, this program has far exceeded our targets for... Uh, player adoption and all, and all that sort of stuff. You need to jump on this now. We need to become an eSport and strike while the iron's hot and uh, get in on all that big money that uh, all the big eSports have. And so they may have had the idea of starting a pro league and, and getting all that sort of stuff up and running at some point, and it seemed to be very much just rushed out because there was no, as you said, there was no way to get in or out of the MPL there was no actual no pathway ideas of well there was nothing like no one had any including the people in the MPL had no idea what it meant to be in the MPL uh, when they first started it there was no league weekends and and point systems and all that sort of stuff like they were just, it was just yep here's 32 players and you're on a contract and part of your contract is you need to stream a bunch and that's it and it was like that for like over 6 months yeah <laughs> before they actually started to do anything so i think I think they shot themselves in the foot by just jumping on this system and then they were then kind of, once they launched it, they were then stuck with it. So it then led to like two years of, well, we've already got this system. We've already said we're going to do this thing and they they were just kind of putting more and more Band-Aids on it, trying to find something that worked. And then obviously COVID hit and that screwed everything up as well. Uh, So it's just been, you know, one disaster after another. But I think a lot of it also came from... I don't know how much you remember this, Chewy, but when they like rebranded everything and we went to players tours, part of the reason uh, that, that that sort of came about was I think Wizards was running into issues with players being called professionals and them, uh, you know, in terms of uh, insurances and, and superannuation, all that sort of stuff, but them effectively being employees of Wizards. And I don't know if you remember, there was a big issue That's, with judges, yeah. <clears throat> the yes. judges saying that they were employees and trying to get all, all the, the stuff that you get as an employee, all the benefits, all that sort of stuff. So there was a whole lot of that, and Wizards kind of very quickly had to go, oh, okay, we're not, 
you're no it's no longer the pro tour you're no longer professional players it is now you know the players tour and and all that sort of stuff to to kind of move away from that and then it became okay here's the MPL these are the actual professional players and they are on contracts and they would get whatever benefits or, or their their contract would stipulate all that sort of stuff um, and and it was kind of a way to get around that as well which I think is something that that a lot of people have forgotten that uh, that 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 kind of led into into that sort of thing so yeah there's a bit of history there even there there are some parts of Europe some countries in Europe where they can't actually hold grand Prix or yeah, yeah well, I know they've, the they've had them in the past and, and yeah they had yeah. to give people like TVs and stuff as prizes because they couldn't give them money yeah yeah so <laughs> back in the day it, but yeah, it like I know a, yeah. I know here in Australia like we have uh, not issues but something in my work in in, in construction we employ you know, all, all of our trades that work for us are subcontractors and there's uh, there's laws in Australia where if you work, if if more than like 75% of your work is for one company, you're effectively an employee and they then have to pay superannuation and, and work cover and all that sort of stuff for you. Um, so, you know, there's a, a lot of companies like, like the company that I work for, they have contracts and, and all that sort of stuff in place that the subcontractors agree to so that they don't count as as employees and, and things like that. So I think there's a lot of legal stuff that probably went on behind the scenes that, that came around with the change of pro tours to players tours and the MPL being uh, being started and all that sort of thing. And, and there's probably still a lot of that. And that may also be leading into why Wizards is sort of taking this opportunity to move away from actually having professional players that are effectively staff. So Yeah, and I yeah, think that's a lot of things that we don't know about. Yeah, and that's it. And and that's all fair. Uh and I, I completely understand that. Um but you know again, like this this didn't explain any of that. It didn't even allude to it. It didn't no, and, say and that I don't think I don't think they ever would. Like I know you can say it without saying it. You can say yeah. that you know there's some you know important um, restructures or changes to our infrastructure and things like that that kind of cover that off with we need to change the way that we're approaching what we do, and rather than nothing. And yeah, you know maybe they, like but potentially they, they have to actually be to careful something. about yeah, yeah they have to be careful about what they say because if they legally if they say something along those lines then they're admitting that these people were employees and and you know opening themselves up to certain things like i i don't know the, the, I mean, the laws in america are very weird compared to australia as well absolutely so. <laughs> and absolutely like for all we know there could be some sort of legal case from a former player yeah. again you know like who knows i'm not yeah, i'm not yeah. don't want to start any rumors or anything but from our, <laughs> yeah, you know, you first. <laughs> you know, like 80 people that listen to this cast but it's a um you know, we we don't know, and I guess like we don't have visibility, and as you said, we probably never will. Um, no. But it's all just sort of speculation and 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 such now. But uh, I think I think there's some directions that they could go uh, here that would let the you know magic survive as a as an esport. Um, but I I think the days of having those sort of long standing. Uh, regular professional players is is very much behind us for all the reasons that we've mentioned uh yeah. and you've only got to, you've only got to look at other esports if if you look at the you know the most successful esports in the world like you look at like Dota or League of Legends or Fortnite or uh, you know PUBG had a 
uh, over a million dollar prize pool earlier this year uh, for for an event. They don't have players that are you know they don't have this structure. They have that event where you have to continually spike uh, all of these qualifiers to get to the top echelon, and then it's only like the top five of thirty two teams that actually make any money. Uh, yeah, out of and it. I, I think a really lot of that money end. comes from their like their sponsors and that sort of stuff. It does, and they, they'll they'll do things like in client they will release you know skins that you can you can purchase and the the prize money well that subsidizes the prize money so they'll put up um they'll put up you know whatever the the prize money is and to use the PUBG one because that's the most recent one that I watched uh, and it was like one point two eight million dollars for first prize um, wow. Yeah, a dude from Melbourne, Tiggleton, took it down, um, which is pretty good. <laughs> um, so in his team of four. Uh, but they they got, uh, you know, so you could buy skins that were branded for the tournament. You know, so you got like a gun or a backpack or whatever. And yep. a portion of that purchase went to the prize pool. So that prize pool grew constantly over the, the course of the tournament. And, yeah. um, and it was... Uh, you know, and that's it's. I believe like Dota and League of Legends do a similar thing as well. So you get these players that are on on these you know elite teams that all work together, and they they may play the game professionally because they they stream it and they sell merchandise and they go to conventions and events and they they are their own brand. And um, you know, we've seen people like you know Shroud from Cloud Nine. Sorry, I've played a lot of first-person shooters and you know Counter Strike <laughs> and such. So I I know nothing about like Dota or League of Legends or anything like. That, even though they are the biggest, um, yeah, biggest I, things. I know nothing but, about them either. But they are a similar um, similar structure where yeah, you, you can be you can be a great player uh, and not actually ever play at that top echelon, but content creation uh, and uh, you know, selling your own brand, building and selling your own brand is successful, is how you're successful in the sport. And, you know, you might do that by, um, you know, doing really well at a particular event uh, and making a name for yourself and then you, you attract all of these followers. But you don't have this, like, series of events that you can string together and the train, yeah. quote-unquote train that, yeah, yeah. that we've yeah. had in Magic. Yep. And I think... I think that I guess that was probably Wizards' theory with the MPL was let's have these thirty-two players that we can star build and and highlight and and they started off pretty good with that like when they they ran the first few Mythic Invitationals and things like that where they you know did a lot of really good player interviews and that sort of thing but yeah the structure and and the the league weekends and things like that it was just it just wasn't engaging for for the public uh, like the stakes just weren't obvious enough or, or relevant to the people watching and well, nobody knew how to you know does this mean that they're what, like what are they actually yeah, playing yeah. for yeah like the so the the way it's worked for sort of the last year was every month i think it is they would do a league weekend where they would play like 12 rounds of magic across two days and it was literally just like effectively swiss but there was no top eight there was no winner you know you would find out okay yeah this person went 10 and one and, and whatever but it just didn't there was no conclusion to the weekend, whereas your, you know, your mythic invitationals and your 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 pro tours and all that sort of stuff, 
you pl- they played, you know, 16 rounds or whatever, and then there was a top eight, and then it's like, oh, okay, who made it to the top eight? And that's all exciting to figure out who that was, and, oh, this person got ninth, they just missed out or whatever, and then you watch the top eight and somebody actually wins and, you know, gets a exactly. trophy, that sort of stuff. And they remove the drama, and, and, that, and yeah. some of the best moments from the Pro Tour, you know, like you think, oh, my God, it's Lightning Helix, that Randy Bueller <laughs> thing, you know, like... <laughs> oh, I've got, I've got to get that on my soundboard. <laughs> yes, you do, you do. Um uh, needed that for when uh, I good game J Mud uh, in the <laughs> early. Yeah, um, but you know it, it meant something, and you know it's like oh, you know Reed Duke's playing. I like Reed Duke. You know I'm going to root for that guy. Or it's you know oh this guy's you know ten and zero in his first pro tour. Like go underdog sort of thing. And you could build these stories, and um, you know we saw we we saw how much it means to people when. Um, you know, I remember when Auden Burchette won or when Torf Severin won with Tron. Like, you could really tell it just, it, it really meant the world to people because, you know, they, they came from, you know, obscurity and it something that that person had worked so hard for and you almost, you were on that ride with them and that's just gone. Like, so, yeah. like, magic Unless you're already enfranchised, like Magic's not actually that fun to watch, right? You can <laughs> no, <laughs> you can watch like League of Legends or another esport, and it's all flashy and and you know they tried to do that with Arena, but you know fundamentally it's a card game. And by removing the the people aspect and and the journey and the drama and and their story from that, because it's just like thirty two people that they don't advertise and. You know, you go, oh, is that guy in the MPL or is or is she in the MPL? Or like, oh, I didn't realize that person was there because they have been for two years or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, they they rem- they took away the best the best aspect of the Pro Tour, which is the the aspirational aspect and the the story building of of the people that were there, and they didn't do a good enough job pumping up its replacement. And yep. so I think they just yeah they they're gonna have a bunch of lessons to and and <laughs> add, add, add in add in the other stuff that we talked about whether there's you know like the infrastructure legalities um, contracts that sort of stuff uh, but uh, so that's that's an extra complexity and like the whole pandemic on top of it so yep. I I get you know they were they were in a in a tough spot uh, so. I'm going to try to take the optimistic approach from here because I've, you know, I've bashed them a little bit in what I said tonight, but I'm hoping, and please don't let us down, that we see <laughs> we see something um, replace it that lets us have something to aspire to as players. Like, you know, I've top eight at a few, you know, PTQs over my journey and uh, uh, they sting when you lose, right? Because it's like I was that close again, right? It's a... Uh, it it was it was really tough, and I you know I you know was played the right deck or played well on the day, whatever, and I got there, I got to the top eight, and then inevitably, normally me, I lose in the quarters. But it's um you know it's the carrot was there to to try to get to the to the PT, uh, and it was a, something that was achievable. It was you know just out of reach, but certainly obtainable. The MPL just created this massive chasm between your average you know magic player like myself that you know been playing the game for a while capable of slinging some cards on their day and and everybody that's in the MPL 
like there's there's no uh, there's no way to bridge that gap. Uh, yeah. And that's that's what I'm hoping that they concentrate on. And, you know, they're talking about the gathering and, and such, and, you know, we've got vaccines and, and all the rest of it, and hopefully we can do that. But hopefully the structure turns to something like, you know, Grand Prix and, and things, and there's something to aspire to. That's what I really yeah. hope, because that's what really drives me. The competitive side of me as a Magic player is is trying to, you know, get to that next level because I want to see how I go. Yep. And, and I don't think I'm alone there. No, no. So we get, we we sort of understand why it was cancelled. It wasn't any good. We were all, I think we're all in agreement with that. I think all of the people in the NBL agree with that and, and the rivals that it was just not a good system. We don't know what it means for pro play going forward. They Basically, they've outlined between the article that they released and then they did a live stream where they, they did a bit of a Q&A and, and answered a few more questions, that sort of thing. They've effectively said you cannot count going forward on being able to sustain your income as a professional Magic player. So what that tells me and what most people are assuming is that, and from what they've said, they're, they're, they do want to go back to pro tour grand prix style events whatever they look like and and are labeled as whenever they they come back but it sounds like there is unlikely to be a pro club prior to the mpl there was a a thing called the pro players club and you would earn points like like chewy did with his single pro point Um, there's been a few systems through the years but the the one just before the mpl was bronze silver gold platinum pro levels and those different levels meant you were invited to X amount of pro tours per year. At certain levels, you got uh, appearance fees. So if you played at a Grand Prix, you got given an appearance fee. If you were platinum, you got uh, like flights to the, the pro tours and accommodation, all that sort of stuff. So that was something that you could, as Chewie was saying, like the, the train, you could sort of chain events together and, and throughout the, the series of a year, earn enough points to get on the train uh, and become a pro player where you're you're going to all of these events uh, all the time. It sounds like that is just not going to be back. Uh, we're not going back to the previous system. That That's just not going to come back. I, yeah, I don't think Wizards I, wants to support that. And no, and I, I think I, I that, don't blame them. <laughs> yeah, and that, that died when the um, the MPL came about. So yeah. I think everybody's yep. already mourned that and, and moved on. Yeah. Um, so what I'm – I and I guess – what I was alluding to with the comparisons to other esports is that there is big prize money, but top heavy prize money for major events. Yeah. Um, and people make their living through playing the game uh, on, on stream and content creation. Yeah. Con- in, content in creation. Yeah. Yep. So, and look, that's, they tried to do that with, you know, part of the MPL um, contracts. And I think that's, I think that's how, that 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 is my guess. That's that's what they'll do. So they'll have they might have a two hundred fifty thousand dollar prize pool tournament, but instead of paying down to you know one hundred twenty eighth or sixty fourth or whatever they do, it'll be the top eight get money, where everybody else gets nothing, right? Yeah. Um. That might be there might be different structures for in paper versus uh, in paper versus arena events, uh, potentially. But I think what that does is outside of like the big you know world championship equivalent we won't see the travel and you know for us in australia who get you know one grand prix a year and one pro tour every 10 years or whatever it's worked (laughs) out to be it's pretty exciting to have 
pros. Uh, yeah, know, well, I remember, to- like when we, we went to Sydney for the, the GP and the next weekend was the, the pro tour in Sydney and, you know, we're standing around outside in, in the, the breaks or whatever and it's like, oh, there's John Finkel and there's, you know, Brad Nelson and Mike Sigrist and all these people and it's like, oh, like these are people I've actually watched play. Like they're, they're people I look up to as as awesome magic players. So yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely. that's definitely and- cool, but yeah, I don't, I don't see that coming back. No, and that's unfortunate because, you know, that's, you know, that was part of the, you know, star building that, that yeah, happened yeah. kind of organically. And, yeah, it it was, um, I think uh, PV, uh, you know, put out a bit of a response to this and he's like, well, why would yeah, I Yeah, I watched, his, watched his video. Yeah. Yep. So it's, and, and I certainly understand that. And, look, I, I get his position, but, like, the cynic in me, uh, and sorry, PV, but the cynic in me is like, now you just feel like an Australian. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Suck it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like that's that's the issue that we've had um, yeah. for forever. forever. <laughs> uh, but uh, like that doesn't, I'm not invalidating his point at all. But no, no. Uh, I, I guess I, in, in that way, I can really relate to what he's saying. Yeah. So, yeah, it's unfortunate yeah. and we won't get that, won't get that again. No. And uh, you know, what does that mean for, you know, coverage and, and things? Because when you've got those big events, like seeing the best people in the world and how many times did you see top eights that, that had, you know, Brad Nelson and L- LSV and Reed Duke and... Yeah, like four you know, Hall of Famers or, and a bunch yeah, of other Shodar well-known and, pros. And, yeah, exactly. And, yep. uh, yeah, all of these people that were just, you know, you're like, oh, that top eight is stacked. You know, we're going to see... Yeah. We're going to see top eights that are, you know, um, less uh, known players and such. Great for them, and they'll get that exposure, and that's fantastic. But uh, it was always a spectacle when you got a top eight that had, you know, six Hall of Famers in it or something. You know, yeah. you knew you were in for a treat and and some some great magic. But yeah, yep. So we will see. They are continuing the season for next year, as I said, the the twenty twenty one twenty twenty two season, I believe it is. They're cancelling all the league weekends and that sort of thing, so we won't be seeing those anymore, not that anybody watched them anyway. Uh, there, w- there won't be the gauntlet uh, events and that sort of thing, but they will be still having the set championship. So we're still effectively getting I think, three or four pro tour style events, obviously three events, most likely a, a, arena events, okay, three, and then it is still leading to a world championship at the end of next year, so... There's still going to be those events. There's still They're going to be those big events. They're the prize pool for those events yeah, as well, yeah, which worth is mentioning. Good. 450K, yep. which is, you know, nothing to sneeze at for sure. Yep. Yep. Um, I guess, but- like, like one of the questions I sort of wanted to ask was, should Wizards even care about having professional players? Like, P- Pro Tours historically have been between 300 and 500 players. The Platinum players, so the people you would, call like proper full-time pros i think there was like 30 or 40 of them something like that like not many not much more about the same number that were in the mpl yeah yeah like i think a bit more but but not that many more and then you know you might have like i don't know 100 150 something like that gold and then a bunch of silvers and, and bronzes whatever like it's like it's such a small drop in the player pool of magic and i guess the question is like obviously wizards have shown this year, their earnings is have been insane. They've earned way more money in the, the last year. There was the earnings, all the earnings information came out, all that sort of stuff. 
And that's in a year where the NPL has been horrible. People haven't been watching stuff. Everyone's been stuck at home in lockdowns from COVID. Have Wizards just gone, okay, why do why do we bother? Like, we yeah, don't need maybe, pro players. When you're trying to justify a decision, you can, uh, you know, you can make numbers tell a particular story. Uh, so uh, if they're just giving you aggregate numbers um, and what their comparison what the comparison to what they're comparing it to is uh, years where they haven't had the amount of products and um, premium products and, and yeah. such. So you've got to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. Well, but- I mean, that doesn't really matter. Like it's, it's showing that they can print a million products and they still sell like crazy. So that's got no correlation to having pro players yeah and, and oh, i get that i get circuit, that and so. you know nothing as far as you know organized play compares to uh you know people playing commander and, and such yeah. right yeah but and, that, and and that's like that's what i'm getting at is like are the powers that be at hasbro saying okay we've got these 32 players that we're currently paying 75 grand a year uh as their salary plus all the prizes that they get, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, like listening to podcasts from people who are in the MPL, they they freely admit that all they all the pro players do is bicker and fight and complain to Watsy about various issues, and they're the worst people to work with. As, as in, the MPL people are the worst people to work with, which is not surprising because you picture your you know professional magic players they are super analytically minded and always trying to find the you know the two for ones and the edges and all that sort of stuff so every little thing that Watsy does they're going to rip it to pieces trying to find the loopholes and, and all that sort of stuff so you well, can that's imagine why they're from, good at the game right they've got yeah, that exactly that's what, that's what i mean like they've got they're exactly those people that you <laughs> would yeah. be really annoying <laughs> yeah um and so, there's a few so, of those you know, has, too but yeah yes so hasbro is probably going okay we've got these people we're paying a ton of money to they're not good advocates for us they don't really market much for us and bring in any extra income and yeah, there's a, a bit in the of entitlement to deal with. I, and i completely <laughs> acknowledge that there's that entitlement yeah, yeah. but i they do like high level magic play you know personalities whinging aside high level magic play does uh bring people to the game does contribute to the game and you know like you working in construction i'll give you a little bit of an analogy right say your your construction company went wow we build way more three bedroom homes than four bedroom homes right well like it, it's like 70 percent of our our market three bedroom homes we're not going to do four bedroom hams now and never ever going to do another five bedroom house again because you know it's only 10 percent of our markup but uh, of our market but the idea of completely severing 10 or 30 percent of your revenue stream is a terrible business decision right yeah yeah but so but that's what i'm saying like the the percentage of percentage of pro players and people that are you know would are going to stop playing magic because there's no pro play is like 0.2% of the the magic players like it's not it's not 10% like 10% yeah that's a huge amount if you went okay you know if we do if we make this decision we're going to lose 10% of our our market share or whatever it's not it's it's no way near yeah that. but it's, they've it done that with their, their own terrible execution they tried trying to they can't with what you're saying and uh, look i think like there's definitely a business decision attached to that and and yeah, i don't yeah. have the actual numbers and you know so i'm speculating but uh 
if they want Magic to be an eSport, if, if they want to go down that track, then that's counterproductive. Like that, that decision to sever pro play or high level play uh, is counterproductive. Yeah, um, and that's and that's to, what I think that. the business so, decision is: is they've gone, okay, we don't actually need to be an esport to be successful, so let's just scrap this whole esports idea, and along with that, we can scrap having these professional players and all that sort of thing. Like that, I think that is the business decision that they've made, yeah. which they're not going to say. <laughs> cause no, no, that's a, that's behind closed doors conversations, but. Yeah, I think I think they've realised that uh, having those pros probably doesn't have a huge huge effect on their bottom line, and who knows, you know, it, it might get two years down the track and they go, oh, hang on, we're actually starting to see a decline uh, in uh, in our sales, so maybe we do need to bring that back, and then all of a sudden there's some big new shiny pro system, and yeah, who knows? But I guess like for people like us, as as you've said a bunch of times tonight already, uh, you know, it's it's the thing we want to see is there's something to aspire to, even though we are all very much of the understanding that we're never going to get there. And even if even if I was offered a $75,000 professional magic contract, probably wouldn't take it because uh, probably not the best decision with the mortgage and family and all that sort of stuff. But it's nice to have that as something, you know, the, the, the dream that uh, that you're never actually, actually going to achieve. And, and that's what pro play does for the regular people like like well, us I, and- I don't think the the dream of being a magic pro has ever been like you know i can be a magic pro for five years and then retire and never have to work a day no, in my no. life it's it's the 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 notion that you can be rewarded for playing the game well it, yeah. it made you want to invest the time like some of the best times that we've had uh, playing the game uh, is like testing for events, traveling to events and, and playing in those events, right? Where there's something on the line, we're playing for something. Whereas, you know, if that doesn't exist, it's just like everyone get together and, you know, sling four pod, four people commander pods for a weekend. I'm not going to travel to Sydney or to Brisbane to do that. But if there's something akin to a Grand Prix where, you know, there's decent money on the line and potentially... Uh, you know, the next level that you can go to, whatever that looks like, then I'm, I'm going to be more invested in that. And, you know, yep. like you, you and I have traveled all over Melbourne trying to get buys for Grand Prix and then fly up and book hotel rooms and take, you know, have to bomb out, <laughs> cash in all of our brownie <laughs> points with the family to, to do that. And yeah, knowing full well that bombing out is a really yeah, yeah. realistic outcome that, that, that we have and it's the and, most likely outcome <laughs> but that's part that's part of the part of the yeah, drama yeah, of it. You, you never know you 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 might just open that awesome sealed pool and spike it and all of a sudden it's like hey i just won two grand or whatever it is and, and all of a sudden the weekend was a huge success and you know that may qualify you for another event and yeah that's that's yeah. what the system does and and that is that is something wizard is wizards is going to have to put in place, and and we see the same thing. Like in in the events that we run, you know, we've got our got our leagues and our one day events and that sort of stuff, and we could run just random one off events with some some good prizes, you know, a little bit of cash, that sort of thing, and we'd have you know fifteen twenty people that would would play in the events and and whatever, and and that'd be fun. But as soon as we link it to a series where it's 
you know, you play in our leagues and you earn points, and then you play in our Wonder events and you earn points, and it's all leading towards this end of year invitation where you be, yes. yeah, you become the 2021 Magic Beans Invitational Champion. You get a token from Josh and Pat. And, <laughs> like oh. you, you get, you're not getting much. I mean, it's it's pretty sweet for a free event, but it's it it as you, exactly as you said, it means something. It's building towards something, and that's what Wizards is going to have to figure out. Uh, what they want to do and how they're going to do it, and if and if they can come up with a good system, then yeah, people people are going to be fine. And, and, and if they yeah, can't, not... we'll do it. Come play our leagues. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. We'll, we'll host the uh, the four thousand player Magic Beans leagues, and Chalange somehow I'll, crash. I'll run it. <laughs> 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 yeah, but yeah, yeah. The dr- I think the dream of being a full time Magic professional, where all of your income comes just from playing in major tournaments and and doing reasonably well i think that is gone and that will probably never come back i think if you want to be a professional magic player as you said chewy you need to be a streamer or a, an article writer or doing podcasts or some sort of content creation that is supplementing the income and then hopefully we'll see good prize money coming out with the with all the events and uh yeah that that would be enough to supplement some people and you know, if you if you're I don't know, early twenties and you don't have a mortgage or, or kids or, or expenses in your life, you can probably survive off of having a, a spotty income. But uh, for people like us, that's uh, that's not really feasible. And I think probably for a lot of the uh, the people in the in the MPL currently as well that aren't already, you know, your LSVs and Brad Nelsons and people like that that have other forms of income through their content creation. Yeah, I agree. All right, so we don't know where this is going to go from here. Uh, yep. Like, I, I I don't blame Wizards for not having an outline right here and now when they did this announcement because I think that's what's got them into half the trouble they're in at the moment anyway by announcing this is what we're going to do and then uh, having to, uh, like, be beholden to that and, and stuck with that system. Uh, by at doing the announcement now, it gives the MPL and Rivals people... Uh, like 15 months or something like that to work out what they want to do with their lives and it basically gives wizards you know 12 to 15 months to work out exactly what they want to do that also gives them time to see where the world's at in terms of covid and all that sort of thing and then hopefully come up with a system that they've actually worked on and planned out and uh, actually looks good yeah (laughs) yeah they they just need to they need to do a big assessment of uh, what went wrong and what they can improve on with the current system and and yeah, actually do some planning and, and come up with something. And look, I hope they do. I really hope they do. As I said, I want to take the optimistic approach here and, you know, I'd love to see something that is workable, that gives us something to aspire to, that means that you know, we can see continued high-level play. I would hate to see the best players in the world, you know, just go, okay, now I'm going to go and... Go, go and play poker. Yeah, or, or you know, get a real job. Uh, I I want to see I want to see those players continue to you know demonstrate why they are the best and you know I I want to learn from them from from watching them play so I hope it exists in some form and uh, yeah I hope that it's not the we're just going to can all you know, the esport competitive play and just print secret layers and um, you know sell to commander players so. You know, because yep. there's other there's other parts of the Magic community that uh, you know have been in franchise for a really long time that you know 
kind of deserve that, I think, from from the organisation. So I'm oh, hoping... You, you sound entitled. Yeah. I, I've spent a lot of money on their products and... Uh, I deserve a good system. Yeah. I, 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 I want a reason to be interested, you know. Yeah. I, I want a reason to, to play the game that, you know, is more than... Like, I love playing the game with my friends. And I, I love playing the game... Uh, with you know the people in our leagues and, and meeting new people with that and, and it's great uh, but yeah removing any aspiration from the game is risky I guess is my yep. my final I agree and I, and I think that's probably the way most people feel so we will see what happens so the uh, 30 minute podcast turned into the 50 minute podcast as uh, tends to happen when we get on here and just kind of free form talk slash rant that was a good chat man good chat <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah this is one of those uh we, we have these chats every now and then like you know when we're just hanging out and it's like we should really be recording this this would have been a good good podcast so <laughs> this is kind of one of those but no uh, good good fun hopefully other people think it's a good podcast yeah well yeah i don't know people probably tuned out half an hour ago <laughs> i don't think you can uh, get that information from uh, from podbean but if they download, that's fine. Doesn't matter if they listen. Yeah, that's or not. all we care about. Yeah, D- and, and as long as they go to Josh and Pat's. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. So let's uh, let's wrap this up. So yeah, as a reminder uh, for those playing in our current league, uh, you've got basically a week to finish off your matches. So get cracking on those. There's still a lot that need to be played. Uh, you're going to start getting hounded by your league captains. And yeah, if you want to get in on our future events and leagues and have a tournament series that has a goal for you to aspire to, then uh, come and join us in our Discord. You'll find the the link for that in the show notes. Uh, it's an awesome community. So yeah, even if you don't want to play in our events, come and join us in there anyway. Uh, if you want to show us some support, you can pick up some sweet Magic Beans merch in uh, our merch store. Link for that is in the show notes. Got uh, t-shirts, hoodies, and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, saw someone bought a, uh, a hoodie, I think, just last week, which is good to see. Uh, hopefully, when we do eventually get some form of Grand Prix or something going again, we can see a whole bunch of people wearing our sweet logo. Uh, go and check out Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar on Facebook. They are the sponsors of our show and all the events that we run. They have awesome deals on their daily auctions, so search Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar on Facebook and uh, join the group. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, all of those places. Just search for Magic Beans or Magic Beans Cast, and you'll find us on there. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. Very good. So that's going to do us for this week. Stay safe out there, and we will see you all next time.